you're, you're really frustrated. You've, you're yep. hopefully coming out of inflation. You're buying milk that's maybe $27. And you're like seeing this, you know, you're at the end of the aisle and you're seeing this lender one cooperative, this mortgage shop in front of you. This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 213 of The Real Word. Word is up. Word is up. What do we got today, Nicole? I can't even see what I'm doing. How can Let you me... not see? It's a big It's a big day. You're, oh, I know what we're what's doing What's happening? Here. You're too distracted over there? You got... We, what are we've you doing? Got, we've got probably the biggest racket, and I asked big, that on my Instagram uh, poll. I, yeah. This might be the biggest racket of all time. So okay, so where I so where I don't like it though is they're using the word flippers, and I think that that is extremely misleading. But I'm curious well, to see what what your folks had to say. Well, let's dive right into it. Number one, L.A. Times reports assembly bill would tax house flippers, those who sell homes after a few years of buying. So. Mm-hmm. House flippers could be taxed 25% of their profit under the California Speculation Act, a bill introduced by Assemblymember Chris Ward, Democrat out of San Diego. So they're saying it's a house flipper tax, but it would really be anybody. But but commonly, homeowners aren't selling within three years, which is why... The well, take, it, take a deep breath, though, time. because it's it goes from 25% to 20% after three years, up yeah. to seven years of ownership. I'm so That's sorry. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people moving and bobbing and weaving, especially in this market, within a few years. So I I hate the word that they – I hate that they use the word flippers because – Again, I think it's it impacts the anybody selling within seven years. It does, and it's it's misleading the public to believe that this is really going after those that they're blaming, and it's not. It's going after every homeowner that is looking to buy or sell in California. Yeah, and if sure. you get relocated and you have to move or you have right. to sell, think about this: if you were just a homeowner, not the flipper, we'll, we'll talk about the flippers in a second. But if you were a mm-hmm. homeowner, to your point, and you had to sell in two years. And we were in a down market and with realtor fees and I, well, you're not going to get taxed because you're not going to have any profit. So I guess that wouldn't right. matter. But say right. you just you just edged out a little bit of profit, right? Maybe you just made right. 10,000. That's going to help you with your move. You're missing out on 25% of that 10,000. It's 2,500 bucks. That's some real money right. for that person. Well, and what the article is stating too is that this this new tax could actually infringe on people's decision, decisions to move or to relocate or to take a job in California or to even leave California for a different job. So it's really sort of it's like it's it's mean. Like you said last night, it's criminal. Um, it's this. It's it's insane. California, this is criminal. Assembly Bill 1771 taxing people 25% of their profits within a three-year period when they sell a home, whether you're a flipper or a homeowner, that is criminal. And what it's going to do, California, is it's going to get less people to sell, which means you're going to have an even more, uh, a bigger inventory issue. Before there was inventory issues across the country, 
California agents were screaming about inventory issues in that state, Nicole. Yeah. And right now they still have, despite people leaving California for policies like this, you right. still have an inventory issue. California right. agents say all the time, like, we have an inventory issue. We, we don't have enough homes to sell. Guess what? The investors, the house flippers, they just won't sell. Certainly not for seven right. years. So you're going you're gonna to create more holders, less flippers, less people putting product onto the market where homeowners could go and buy them. This right. is a really, it's not past, but it's a really poor plan well, it'll on be creating too. more housing. To see, though, too, what will then happen with rentals, because if I'm going to be relocating to California for just a few years, now I'm almost being forced to potentially rent. So then what does that do with the rental market? I mean, rentals already high in in California. And over the next few years, because where inflation's going, because of wages are going to have to increase because we have over 11 million job openings in this country right now, because of all these things. Rents in 2023, I said this in in the past, 2023 rents are going to skyrocket, okay? So this is going to hurt all of that. I don't think that this gets passed. You can't be, Nicole, the politicians in California cannot be this dumb. They really can't. Well, and they had a a buyer on there saying that they've – lost 33 offers but it's again it's and it but it's just it's insane because it's like you said it's not going to stop the 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 supply issue you know charging this is not going to all of a sudden make that first time home buyer actually get a home because she's still going to be bidding on that house with at least half of the same folks that she's bidding on it with now so it makes Again, especially at seven years, like if you really are wanting to attack like a true flipper, like maybe charge it in the first year, like cap it out at like 18 months, but like seven years, seven years. uh, Byron, how long have you lived in a home longer than seven years once you moved out of your parents' house? No. Never. I mean. No, everything I've ever owned has been been less than seven years. I'm a little bit different. And and they say the normal Californian lives in their home. Uh, most California homeowners keep the property 10. for 10 to 16 years. Yeah, That's yeah. higher than the national average. Uh, I don't know. May- maybe they do, but I, you know, I, we've heard it Zillow saying, say that that's going to continue to trend down. I believe that that'll continue to trend down yeah, as well. But let's, and again, I guess I, cause I think I did use the word first time, but it does say that certain categories of buyers will be exempt, such as first time home buyers and military homeowners. So yeah. Um, they are obviously cognizant of that, but I mean, they're certainly not being cognizant of the CEOs that are, you know, hopping job to job every few years because that's the only way to continue to cr- climb the ladder. Um, Ward, Ward says taxes collected from short term sales will be distributed to city schools and affordable housing funds. How are you going to track that? How are you going to know? Right. I mean, yeah. California is already one of the most high tax states in the country. They have the fifth largest economy in the world. And how are you going to track this extra revenue? I think this ward guy thinks he's going to like trap people in California. Like, oh, if we create this. <laughs> you can't you leave. Know, <laughs> you're not going to want to leave. You're not going to want to sell your house, right? Mm. Uh, it's a poor plan. I doubt this ward guy has any idea the implications of what it would do to the inventory crisis that they're already phasing. You're, you're actually going to, because of the inventory crisis, uh, Mr. Ward, you're actually going to make it harder for people to get affordable housing, which is what you need right. in California. Right. So this is a big racket, big dumb, dumb idea. And hopefully 
it will not get passed for the sake of all Californians. Yes. Bracket number two, Nicole. Yes. Housing are you waiting? Water. I thought no. maybe you're waiting for me. You're waiting no. for me taking a few I'm breaths, taking or... a few breaths, trying not, to find I'm... your article there. Would you lose yourself yeah. again? I lost myself again. All right. Mm-hmm. Bracket number two, housing wire. Homeowners gain $8.2 trillion in housing wealth over 10 years. So nearly 980000 almost a million middle-income households become homeowners from 2010 to 2020. Uh, those middle-income households, Nicole, gained $2.1 trillion in housing wealth. This is according to National Association of Realtors' recent study. NARS mm-hmm. housing wealth gains for the middle uh, for the rising middle class markets study examined the distribution of housing wealth between 2010 and 2020 across income groups in 917 metropolitan, metropolitan and micropolitan areas. So the vast majority of this $8.2 trillion housing wealth, 71% uh, generated during this time period belong to high income households. While only 4%, or 296 billion, was from low income households. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think there's such a big gap between the high income households getting th- this, you know, the majority of this 8.2 trillion housing wealth over the last 10 years, 71%, and the low income households? Well, I mean, I think we always talk about it, right? What's, what's like the number one rule in, in real estate? Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, location. it's location, location, location. So um, obviously location will always trump anything else for sure. So yeah. I mean, that's really what's happening here is is these areas are just becoming even more desirable, which inevitably makes them worth a lot more money. I learned it the hard way. My first, The first house I ever bought during the mortgage crisis still today, Nicole, because the location is so bad, isn't worth what I paid for it yeah. in 2004. I mean, I mean, I, I overpaid and all that kind of stuff, made a bunch of mistakes. But that being said, it's still not worth what I paid for today. That's pathetic. It, it comes down to the location getting worse, um, the, the location not being desirable, people not improving the surrounding location, that city uh, not, you know, doing anything about their, they have a huge tax issue in that city. And, um, and so, when you buy in a great location, you will find that your wealth can multiply a lot faster. Your wealth sure. over a 10-year period, $8.2 trillion, is going to gravitate towards those great locations. And mm-hmm. I'm only buying personally in really good locations. I talk, you know, anytime I talk to somebody as a real estate professional who's thinking about buying, hey, what's your opinion on on buying, love the location. Number one, yeah. They don't talk about location here. Uh, they do talk about specific locations, but they don't talk about location being the driving factor. They're talking about more of this high income, middle income, lower yeah. income households, and who's getting the wealth. Well, the higher income households are buying the higher price tag real estate, which is in the better location, and more people want to be there, and that's yep. what's driving it. Right. So not a surprise that 8.2 trillion has been accumulated over the last 10 years in housing wealth, but it's like Bitcoin. It could be 4 trillion 
like that. Yeah, well, and hopefully, and hopefully this shit ain't happening in California either because you're going to be taxed 25% on that now too. So <laughs> no, California's gotten some big gains 20, recently. 20, after three years, it's going to be 20%. My bad, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to sell in California, the state wants some of that. But mm. uh, no, I, I mean, California's gotten some gains and, and they go through and if, if you want to open up the, this is a non-paywall housing wire article so we'll link it I, up mine's on mine's on, on through i'm on real trends well real it's trends linked? and housing wire are, are are connected yeah yeah oh so I, that's why i'm able to open it because i'm not on housing wire yeah you, housing yeah. wire yeah. owns real trends yeah see we're learning something today you are mm -hmm. always every day get better every day Nicole, if you bought a house five years ago, you would have accumulated $146,200 in housing wealth. Mm -hmm. So, I bought a house six years ago. Some people, I mean, have, have gained more than that. I mean, great locations. Oh, I'm thinking people about my, but people, I'm well, thinking about both my Connecticut house and my Naples, yeah. Florida house. Both of yeah. them gained more than that. In, in a the year. last two years alone. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say most people, I mean, yeah. there are plenty of people that I'm helping to move that have just, they just moved here. They moved from the city and now they're selling two years later and they're, you know, we're, we're listing well over a hundred thousand dollars over what they bought it for. And again, that's, we're talking 18 months, 20 months, if that. Yeah. So, so you can accelerate your wealth gained from your home, from housing, if you pick the right location in the town. I think about that yeah. Connecticut house that I'm talking about, Nicole. That is the best square mile in the entire town where I bought yeah. in. So right. that's why it accumulated so much faster. Same thing with where I bought in Naples, Florida. It accumulated really fast because I'm in a premier location of, well, of and the, the big town. Well, the thing about that location, though, too, is it's always been a premier location. So, yeah. I mean, it was obviously naturally growing, um, but at the rate, obviously, was much quicker so absolutely congratulations to you look at you oh thank you nicole well it's only yeah. it's only means something if you sell it only if you sell it right Which we, only I mean, if we you are, sell it you're doing some renovating for me over in we're doing a little bit of renovating yeah uh -oh. might, give me, might give me the itch is that what's happening i mean if i knew you were selling it maybe i wouldn't be charging that credit card so much really i don't know you'd be making different decisions Maybe. I don't know. There's some good decisions happening in there. But anyway. Once it's once it's all done, it might give me the itch. Every time something's done and like, you know, one little kid could just scratch a wall, then it's like, oh, maybe we should just uh, Well, luckily, it now, it's the, luckily, it's in the master. So just keep the kid out. Keep the kids out. Yeah. Good luck with that. All right. <laughs> Marketeer of the week. Yeah, I don't have Walmart. access to that one. Yeah. Walmart now in the real estate game inside the Walmart lenders one mortgage deal. This is another housing wire. This is exclusive content. So sorry about the paywall there. Retail giant is, but we'll bring it to you. That's what we do in the real world. Even if it's got a paywall, we'll bring you the information. So the retail giant Walmart is leasing uh, their retail store within a, within a store spaces to multiple members of lenders one cooperative basically what's happened that that line made no sense housing wire not really i was or, trying or not, to i'm not I don't smart think you're enough to read it i think you're speaking it incorrectly <laughs> it's total nonsense lenders <laughs> one cooperative okay mm -hmm. and walmart want mortgages in your shopping cart that makes sense i can break that down this isn't the first time this happens apparently costco has a partnership with ohio-based cross-country mortgage uh this was in 2020 through first choice loan services inheriting Costco's mortgage program. All right. So this 
Lenders One Cooperative, which has mm-hmm. over 250 independent lenders across the country, they're going to be placing physical, uh, you know, shop in Walmarts. Okay, so they're right. going to go into 20 Walmarts by the end of this year. I love this for one I'll... reason. Oh, just for one? I love it yeah. for many reasons, but go ahead. For many... No, you, you go ahead. What, what's no, no, you, what no, do you, you like go. about I, it? I want to hear you. Go ahead. What, what I like about Walmart opening mortgage offices in their stores is that mortgage becomes more accessible to more people. Home ownership yeah. is going to become more accessible. And it's a inviting experience if this group, Lenders One Cooperative, does it right. It can become really inviting. Where yeah. if they do a educational piece, you can come in and sit down with one of our advisors and just rattle off questions about home ownership and mortgages. And somebody's always going to be there when you're done shopping. You've been thinking about home ownership. You're going back to your rent right now and rents are skyrocketing. Think about in 2023 when they're just on a hockey stick up and you're, you're really frustrated. You've, you're yep. hopefully coming out of inflation. You're buying milk. That's maybe $27. And you're like seeing this, you know, you're at the end of the aisle and you're seeing this lender one cooperative, this mortgage shop in front of you. And you're like, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to get some information about how I can become a homeowner. You go in there and you ask a whole bunch of questions about home ownership or maybe about refinance if you're already a homeowner. It opens up the discussion to more people. So Walmart, really well uh, done here. Hats off to you guys for, for doing this. No, I 100% agree. I guess my multiple reasons you clumped all into one. Um, Because again, I mean, accessibility was number one. Uh, You used sort of the experience. I I love the idea of it being comfortable. You know, you're in a Walmart. It's 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 not scary. You're not getting some random phone number from somebody that tells you to I promise you he's a good guy. Um, again, because typically you're in Walmart probably at least, you know, maybe once, twice a week. So you're seeing the same faces. You're, you're seeing the space that you're going to be walking into. You probably even some even have relationships with the employees in Walmart, which obviously are now feeling comfortable with the individual. So, again, accessibility, comfort. Um, and again, I doubt that on the first visit someone's going to be actually having the conversation, but it's certainly, you know, there for them to start picking at. So I think it's genius. Um, the amount of traffic that's coming in and out of Walmarts is yeah. is huge. I think what's really nice about it too, if and again, if they play it right, like you're saying with these seminars, teach individuals though how to improve their credit too. Again, help them with the long-term game. Like if their credit is shot right now, hook them up with a specialist that can actually then help them, you know, fix their credit so that they can actually be on the right track to purchase. So I think it's genius. Walmart, the wrong way to have mortgages in your stores is to make it look like a bank branch. The right Right. way to do it is to make it an experience where people want to go in, don't feel pressured and feel like they're going to learn something. Maybe For make sure. it interactive, maybe big bean bags. What's that bean bag company you love, Nicole? Love sack. Love sack. Love put sack a bunch in of lo- there. Yeah, put a bunch of love mm-hmm. sacks, TVs. Right. And then the kids are running in there screens. watching TV while yes. you're shopping. So now you're having to go in and retrieve your child. The, yeah, I mean, have a little Starbucks, you know, pod in there. It's yeah. a real opportunity to make this Huge inviting and super educational. If it looks like a bank branch, 
It'll be empty. Nobody will be in there. It'll feel stuffy. Don't make it stuffy. Do it right. And Walmart's always been uh, always been about lower costs for more people, right? That, right. That's what they're built on. And so you've got an of opportunity course. to do this. You know, it's not going to make Zillow happy who, who wants to get into mortgages and control the whole entire experience. It's not going to make all these brokerages happy that have mortgage tied, you know, to their brokerage. Right. Yep. But it's the right thing for the consumers. Yeah. And I hope I hope you guys pull Ooh, it you off know what, right. You know what they should do is maybe give like a Walmart gift card when someone does sign up with because now you have to buy cleaning supplies. Now you need to buy yeah. furniture. You know, throw a little kickback there for like a gift card to Walmart. I mean, it's it was it's smart. They have they have the traffic. Might as well maximize on it. I love it. Walmart said this is a very large detailed project. It's not necessarily easy. Not if you do it right. I don't I don't doubt that it will be easy. Uh, we are in the pilot phase, so we want to see proof of concept. If we succeed here, I believe that we can duplicate in other retailers. But they, they don't talk about, Nicole, what we're talking about. So hopefully, Walmart, you'll watch the pod. We'll, we'll have you on the pod if you want. Ooh, but hopefully, I'd love that. Hopefully, you'll watch the pod and uh, you'll you'll figure out a way to make this really inviting and interactive and educational. So there you go, Walmart. We never would have thought Walmart would be a marketeer of the week. No. All right. If you're a California agent or if you're any agent for that matter, what's your opinion on that? 25% in the first three years on profits if you sell a house. Is that a complete racket? Yes or no? Now, think about it, Nicole. If you sell within less than two years, you're paying capital gains. So you're paying capital gains plus 25% if you made a big profit. Uh, racket well, or not that, so on that. It, yeah. But are you getting charged in the 25% on, on what was already the same? Well, so many questions, but yeah, it's no, just, total it's racket. Tax on top of tax. Yeah. All right. Uh, love to hear your opinions and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Keep it real. <laughs> <laughs>